loving kindness. God, we thank you for your grace. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on our behalf, God. We thank you, God. We just adore you, and we thank you for our helper, our teacher, our comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this room on this morning. And Father, I thank you that I know that I know that I know that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. And for that, God, I give you glory. I give you honor and I give you all the praise because you deserve it, God. So, God, we just want to say thank you, God. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians and let's hear what the Spirit has to say unto the church on today. The book of Ephesians, the third chapter, beginning at verse 16, and I'm going to read down to verse 20. Ephesians, the third chapter, beginning at verse 16, ending at verse 20. Tell your neighbor, the Lord have a word for you today. The word of God reads that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that she might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. You may be seated. I want to talk about letting God be at work in you and through you. Letting God be at work in you and through you. I'm going to tell you, sometimes, um, I don't know about you, but I know about me, I ask God questions. And the question that I I asked God this past week was, God, am I too saved? Have you ever asked God that? Because if you ain't never asked God that, you need to go back and ask him that. <laughs> so I asked God, I said, God, am, am I too saved? So I was waiting on his answer because um, when you really love the Lord and really love him and you really have accepted him, you want to make sure with the help of the Holy Spirit that you're pleasing him in every way. So I was like, God, am I too saved? Because sometimes people feel like you want people to be this way or you want people to be that way or you want people to do this, that, or the other. It's not me wanting people to do anything. It's the God that's in me. So the Lord began to answer me through this verse of scripture, and that's why I'm sharing it with you today. You know, sometimes we think that we're not saved enough or we might think that we're too saved. It ain't to save a little save is just being saved, amen, and living that life according to who you are now that you're in Christ Jesus. So as he was answering me, he gave me this verse that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. So what, what he began to share with me was, he said, no, you're not to save. You're just allowing me to work in you and through you. And when you allow me to work in you and through you, people around you that are not allowing me to do that, they think you too saved. Let me say it again. This is what God is saying this morning. 
He's saying, no, you're not too saved. When you allow me to work in you and through you, people around you cannot accept who you are because they have not accepted who he is in them. So this is the problem that's happening in the church. Now, we tell people, I'm saved. Okay, I'm glad that you're happy that you're saved. But the question I want to ask you, what are you saved from? When we look at that word saved, that being that we were delivered, we were rescued, we were healed. It, salvation is a total package. So if that's what we're saying to people, our lifestyle, the way we are, should link up to what we're saying. Because anything that you say, you should represent what you're saying without, any, without even trying to do it. Because it becomes so much a part of you. So as God was giving this verse, I began to just meditate on this verse and take this verse, verse in. He said, this is Paul praying for the Ephesians. And this is the prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. He said that God may grant, that mean give unto you according to his riches in glory. Now when we look at according to, God has given us himself. He's given us his character. He's given us his attributes. He's given us his power. He's given us his splendor. He's given us his majesty. God has given us all of him in our spirit. So Paul said his treasury. So it's coming out of God wealth. It's coming out of God treasury. It's coming out of his riches, his glory. And when you look at God's glory, it's everything that he is. So when people see you, they should see all that God is in you coming through you. And the problem is people are not seeing it because we really don't know who we are now that we're in Christ. Because if we really really knew who we were now that we're in Christ we wouldn't worry about what people think about us when you worry about what people think about you you are more pleasing to man than you are to God if people tell you you just too holy say so be it that's just who I am I'm glad that you see that attribute of God thank you Lord I'm living a holy life don't get offended just begin to give God glory because his holiness is coming through you y'all better understand what I'm saying see saints you get too offended just because your friends say you ain't like you used to be no more and just cut that off right there no I'm not the same I've been changed I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the son of God who loves me and who have died for me. So when people see this new life, guess what? They know a change have taken place, but you shouldn't get all upset. You should be giving God glory. And if they choose to not hang with you no more, it's all right because they choose and not to even hang with God. Because you got to understand that God has given us all of him in our spirit. But see, Paul wasn't talking about the spirit. He was talking about the inner man. 
See, just because you have all of God in your spirit, that's good. That's where perfection is. It's in your spirit. All of us are perfected in the spirit. Every born again person in this place is perfected in your spirit. There is no flaws in your spirit because your spirit has been recreated. It has been changed. That's why it says, um, therefore, if any man be in Christ. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. That old dead man, that old sinful nature is dead. It has passed. But he said, behold, there's a new man on the inside of you. There's a new creation on the inside of you. And this is the part of you that the enemy cannot touch, y'all. The enemy cannot touch your spirit because it's sealed until the day of redemption. It is vacuum packed. That means nothing can come in and contaminate your spirit now that you're born again. Isn't that a good thing? So yes, you're really saved according to your spirit. But this inner man is what Paul is praying for. See, this inner man is dealing with your soulish area. It's dealing with your heart. See, these are the places that the enemy come in and touch. Why? He said, because if I touch them, you can't make a connection to who you really are. He said, in that way, God's power that comes to the Holy Spirit will not flow through you. And people will not know who you are now that you're in Christ. Ask your neighbor, say, are you getting this? See, if you're getting this, you won't be trying so hard to serve God. Hello? Anybody in the house? See, we try so hard to serve God. That means that we're trying to do it. That's a work of the law. That's self-righteousness. But Paul's prayer here was, he said, everything you need is in your spirit. But God wants what's in your spirit to flow through you because he's already done the work in you through your spirit, but he wants what he has done in you from your spirit to flow through you so people will see his manifestation, his glory, his mercies, his um, love, his joy, his peace, his fruit of the spirit, his gifts of the spirit. God said, I want to come through you and manifest myself to the people that are around you. And God said he cannot do this because we will not let him be at work. God said, I want to be at work. And the only way I can be at work is if you're willing to die. People don't want to die. And what I mean is not dying physically. You got to die spiritually. Meaning that, and, and God was showing me this, because I said, God, as I begin to teach your people, you're going to have to bring it the way you want to bring it so everybody in the room can understand it. So God took me through that temple again, and we've been studying on the temple and Clem Training School. And God began to show me, y'all remember, we talked about the gate and how you have to come to the gate with that perfect sacrifice. Guess what? You had to come to that gate. Nobody had to make you come to that gate. You had to come on your own. There couldn't be no pushing, no shoving. I couldn't be, come on, Daniel. I'm not going to let you die. I understand I'm giving him the word. But it comes a point in Daniel's life that he have to want 
what I'm giving him. That's when his faith, the faith that's in him, faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. So if I'm giving Daniel the word, one day Daniel is coming to that gate with a perfect sacrifice. There's no flaws. There's no blemish because Daniel say, I only want to give God the best. So he could not even come to that gate until he had a made up mind. Until his heart was right. See, this is the problem. People are pushing people into salvation through fear. You don't have to do that. When you give the word, when you give the good news concerning Jesus Christ, come on, the Holy Spirit is at work right then. The Holy Spirit is at work letting them know you are in the need of a Savior. You can't do this by yourself. So you get to the gate and you know you have that perfect sacrifice. They open the gate. They check that sacrifice. Okay, it's without spot or blemish. Now you got to go to the altar. Now, guess what? You were not even inside the temple yet. Whoa. You were outside where death is. Outside the gate. That's where death is. Outside the gate. But glory be to God. Remember when the gate opened, it said, enter his gates. With who? Oh, y'all. Don't you feel it, Toya? Come here, girl. You at death door, right? Spiritually dead. But one day she heard about Jesus. And she was ready to enter that gate. But even coming up to the gate, she began to, began to come on, just thank him. She just began to thank him and praise him, saying, you know, I'm worthy to come to the gate. So I'm going to give him glory that I'm coming to the gate, right? So she at the gate giving him thanks. Can't wait to get in, but she's thanking him because she knows she has the perfect sacrifice. So she's thanking him, giving him glory, giving him honor. Then all of a sudden the gate opened and it says, enter his gate with thanksgiving and what? Enter his course. Oh my God, you done got into the court of God. So what? You supposed to be giving him a high hallelujah. Y'all ain't getting it. You done entered the court. You done got into the courtyard, y'all. So you giving him a high hallelujah because your sacrifice was accepted. And now that you're into those courts, now Toya's moving on with that flesh. And she's saying, I'm laying this flesh on the altar. And she's identifying herself with that lamb. And she put her hand on the head of that lamb and say, my God, this should have been me. So that's when you're giving up yourself. That's when you're letting go totally of you when you come to this altar that's what it means God I'm giving up all of me it's no more about me it's about this lamb that gave up his life for me so I'm leaving myself at this altar so after she leave herself at the altar and she's really giving up self guess what there's a basin here you through? There's a basin here. And this basin is a, is it a laver or a laver? Laver? Laver. It's right here and it's mirrors. And the only thing you can see is yourself. 
So you're looking at yourself. So they had to have clean hands. They had to be clean. Guess what? I'm still in the outer court, y'all. This is what I want you to understand. I'm in the outer court. I haven't even entered into the presence of the Lord. I'm in the outer court. So see, it's work that we have to do, okay? So she's in that outer court, and she's looking at herself. And she's saying, "Uh uh-uh, this ain't good. See, this is why you need a mirror, and the mirror is the word of God. This is the problem. We're still here. Some of you right here, and you ain't moved in 20 years. You ain't moved. How I know you ain't moved? Because you're talking the same thing, you're doing the same thing, and you ain't really gave up nothing because it's still about you. So if you were here, you would see yourself and you would say, oh, God, is me. I need a cleansing through the word. See, the word has to cleanse you on a daily basis for you to move forward. And if you ain't in that word long enough, you ain't ready. You cannot move forward in the presence of the Lord. And this is what, thank you, Toya, this is what God is saying. He said we can't move forward because we're still here because we really don't want to crucify this flesh. We don't want to let go of how we feel. We don't want to let go of what we want to do. But this lamb that's on this altar, the one you're saying that you identify with, when you're identifying with somebody, guess what? You're getting a new identity. Any chores no more. It's his. So this lamb was perfect. This lamb didn't deserve to die, but this lamb is laying here with blood at the foot of the altar on your behalf, but you still stuck here wondering why you got to do this and wondering why you got to do that. Wondering why you can't sleep with Sally Sue or, or Joe Blow or whoever it may be. You still wondering why you got to give up your life. And he gave up his. Because he wasn't thinking about himself. He said, nobody lay my life down. He said, I laid it down on my own. How many in this room have truly laid your life down? I'm still talking about God working in you and through you. Letting God work in you and through you. But the problem is we still stuck here because none of us want to give up. Save folk I'm talking to. I'm talking about the ones that have said, yes, Lord, you still stuck there because you don't want to crucify your feelings of how you feel or who you want to be with. I want to have a life because she or he got a life. I want to do something because they're doing something. What are they doing? Dying daily. And I'm not talking about being saved. I'm talking about dying in the world. They're dying. And here you are with everlasting life, eternal life that only God himself can give you that has no ending. And you complaining about why I have to give up something. Ask your neighbor this morning. Why are you holding on to the world so strongly? Tell me what the world has for you except death. It's a shame, y'all. It's a shame because we as saved individuals supposed to make a difference in the world. 
That means when we're in the world, we're not of the world, and we don't do what the world does. Of course, the world is going to hate you because you love God. Because you're showing his attributes. You're showing his characteristics. You're not cursing them out because they curse you out. You're blessing them because they curse you. You're loving them because they hate you. You're praying for them because they despitefully what? Come on, we do what the word says, and what do they see? They see God, and then they come back to you and say, I remember when I cursed you out. I remember when I talked about you. I remember when I lied on you, but you still love me, so I know whom you serve. You don't even have to tell me you saved, because that's the only way you can do it is through him. And I want what you have. When is people going to come to you, the ones you talk to every night on the phone? The ones you hang out with, when are they going to say, I want what you have? If they haven't said it in five years, you better check what you got. Because something is wrong with that. So Paul was praying for them. He said, I want you to have, I want God to give unto you through your inner man. I want this to all come through your inner man. And he said that you be strengthened. That means made strong. That the power of the Holy Spirit would be able to flow through you. And this is what God was saying. You know how we say, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Guess what, though? You got to really understand what you're saying. See, when you're weak, you're strong in him and in the power of his might. So when weakness hits you, you don't go on your weakness, how the body feel, but you begin to decree and declare, God, I'm strong in you and the power of your might. I live off of your strength and not my own. So I'm calling forth what I have in my spirit. But see, you have to know what you have. See, some of us just want to do what everybody else is doing because you see them doing it, but you don't know it ain't them doing it. It's the power of God that's flowing through them, that's doing a work in them and through them. That's why you see in the manifestation in their lives. People wonder, how are you making it? How are you getting where, where you're going? How are you doing this? God. People don't see God. They see natural. No, it got to be something else that you're doing. No, the only thing I'm doing is serving God. And they think you're lying because they're not used to that. But Paul was showing them this is the only way that you're going to make it. And then he says um, in Philippians 4.19, look what Paul was saying here. May God supply all of your needs. Look at that. May God supply all of your needs according to his what? Riches in glory by who? Christ Jesus. So that means he's your supply. You're not the one that supplied. Just because you're on a job working, it had to be God that's giving you the supply in order for you to get what you're getting. Just because you work 20 hours, 40 hours a week, you need to be giving God glory because it's his strength that he's giving you to work those long hours to have what you have. And we're forgetting where our strength is coming from. So anything we do, we have to do it through him. And this is why in Ephesians it says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. When you've done all to stand, your strength got to come from him. And this is the flowing through, y'all. God said, I want to flow through you. I don't only want to be in you, but I want to manifest myself through you. And this is the only way people are going to know who you serve. 
But God is letting me know we have gotten so lazy, so complacent. We have gotten so used to begging God and quoting scriptures. Quote all the scriptures you want. Because if you ain't believing it, quit quoting it. Paul said, I only speak what I believe. You got so many people spitting out scriptures and their life is still tore up. God can supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Then somebody asks you for something, I ain't got it. You ain't the one that's going to supply it, it's him. Quit saying you don't have it. He has given it to you. So you have to connect to him in order to receive what he has. Your connection is with him. You got to understand, you got to leave you out of the picture. And if you don't leave you out, God can't flow through you. At this time, I don't have it, but I know that my father, he owns everything and I'm part of him. So I'm thanking God that that need is already met because he said he shall supply all of my needs. There's not a need in this room that God hasn't already met. But you know what we do? We pull back from God. We pull back from him and we go depending on the world. If the world give it to me, hooray, hooray. But once you got it, how are you going to pay for it? See, you got to trust God in every area of your life. This is why Paul was saying, he was praying for them. He said, this has to be the inner man too. God wants your whole body, spirit, soul, and body. He wants everything to come together. Not when you um, die, you know, and when Jesus called you home, but he wants you to work, work, walk this earth with totally completion in him and dependency on him. God said, can you trust me enough to say, you know what, God, I can't do this, but I know you can. So I'm allow you to work through me to get this done. Do y'all know even at your weakest moment, when you think I can't do this, this is not going to work. When you turn it over to him, Remember last week we said commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. When you're trusting in him and you're depending on him, why? Because he's your source. Y'all, everything you need is in your spirit. But you got so many blockers in you, doubt, unbelief, so many things that's blocking you from what God already have for you. I don't care how many hours you work. You're still going to start right back where you were if you're not trusting your source. We need to quit trying to go after things just because it looked big. We need to stand still and we need to see the salvation of the Lord. God was taking me back dealing with um, the Egyptians. Y'all know God brought them out of bondage, right? And those Egyptians, y'all, y'all know they were partying. They had all this kind of food. They had all this kind of stuff over there in Egypt. So guess what? God's people were amongst those type of people, right? For 400 and some years, can you imagine? For 400 and some years, you were a part of that lifestyle. But then God brought them out of that lifestyle. Now remember this. They had all types of food. They had these parties going on. They had all types of stuff going on. They were seeing all this rich stuff. That was the world. Egypt represented the world. So God said, I'm going to take you out of that. And when I take you out of that, you have to trust me totally and fully for everything that you need. So they're going on a journey, y'all, in the wilderness with nothing. (laughs) Only thing they had was a word from God. And God said, I want you to trust me more than you trusted what you had. That's all God asked. 
He said, trust me more than you trust what you had in Egypt. Go with me to Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. Say, wake up. God is trying to tell you something. Say, don't miss out on your spiritual food. You're going to need it. Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. I thought this was very interesting. And Deuteronomy, I'm going to tell you something. God will take you all over the word to show you what he's saying. I'm sorry, it's the eighth chapter. God said, all the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Listen at what he's saying. All the commandments. Now, we know they couldn't keep them all, right? But how many know that we have a helper, which is the Holy Spirit, that helps us to obey what God is telling us to do? He's the one that helped us. And he said that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land. Y'all, the only way we're going to be able to live, the only way we're going to have multiplication, the only way we're going to be able to possess what God has already given us is through obeying his commands. That's not hard to do when you have the Holy Spirit. And then guess what? They did not have the Holy Spirit indwelling them to help them. So God knew it's no way that you can do this on your own. But this is what God said. This is what he laid down. He said, in order for you to possess that land, in order for you to multiply, in order for you to live in that land, he said, you're going to have to obey my commandments. This is how it is for us today, y'all. How do you think? that you're going to receive what God has already given you if you don't go on what God is saying, which is his word. Some of us are trying to do it outside of his word. We're trying to work it out ourselves, and then we come to the conclusion after we done messed up that it ain't working. But how many know we still got to go through that to know that God is still with us and he'll never leave us, nor shall he forsake us, but we're getting taught a lesson through going ahead of God. So after God told them that, he said, and you shall remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou would keep his commandments or no. So God took them through that wilderness to do what? To humble them, to see what their heart was. And sometimes in our lives, y'all, just because you're saved, just because you say you know the Lord, that does not mean that you're not going to go through anything. Sometimes we go through things, God, he'll test us to see if we're going to trust him more than we're trusting what we're going through. To see if we're going to humble ourselves before him so we can be exalted, you know, through God. So God said, these 40 years, you were being tested. And guess what God told them? He said, your shoes didn't wear out. None of your clothing wore out. Why? Because you were putting your trust in me. Y'all know through that journey, they needed water, they needed food. So God wanted them to know, if I'm your father, and you know how much I love you, then you should know that you already have the food even before you were hungry. I'm not going to take you out of Egypt and not supply for you. Come on, some of us think that God allowed us to get saved and don't want to help us. Come on, what are you thinking about? God is not going to take you out of a place and not already have provision for you. Matter of fact, he already made a way for you before you even come out of sin. Jesus laid down his life and provided everything for you while you were in sin. So when you accepted him, you can grab hold to what he's already done and it can flow through you and people can see the manifestation. So when you don't have the things that you need in your life, 
That's when you turn to your heavenly father because he knows what you're in the need of before you ask. God knew that you were working at McDonald's. He knew that you have a light bill due. But the Bible said when you seek ye first the kingdom of God in his way of doing things, all of these things shall be added unto you. So when our focus get off of God and get on these things, that means that we're trusting these things more than we're trusting God. The more you connect with God, the more that you come into relationship with God, his power is going to flow through you and you're going to see the manifestation of God. The more you focus on worldly things, that's why the Bible says set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. I can use me and my husband for an example. Do it get tough sometimes? Yes, it does. Do I wonder sometimes, should I have stayed on my job? Yes, I did. Do sometimes I want to quit and say, God, maybe I need to do this. Or maybe. Yes, I did. But then the Holy Spirit will remind me. He would give me a word from the Lord. He would tell me, trust in me with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge me in all your ways and I shall direct your path. See, that's why I have to go to my father and not to my daddy or to my relatives because God took me out of that place to say, I'm wanting you to trust me more than you trust anybody. I didn't bring you to this place for you to die. He said, I brought you to this place for you to prosper, for you to succeed, for people to see my glory in you and through you. He said, that's why you going through. You ain't going through only for you. You going through so people can see my works that's coming through you. So this is why we ain't got time to feel sorry for ourselves. We're supposed to be lifting up the name of Jesus. We got time to be saying, well, man, he got a new car. God, I've been serving you for 20 years. Why well, ain't got no new car? Because God said, it ain't time for you to get no new car. You don't know what man he went through to get in that car. Man, he waited on that car. He owed no man nothing for that car. That's my doing. See, that's why the enemy put everything in front of you. To get you to turn away from what God is doing. And he wants you to speak negative. I won't never have nothing. Everybody else get before I get. Matter of fact, I've been lonely long enough. Even my dog got a mate. I don't have nobody. I see them courting and carrying on and I ain't got nobody. See, the enemy even put things in front of you to make you feel as if God is not still at work in you. Y'all, I remember this girl, she was holding on because she was waiting on her mate and, you know, she said she would be outside and she even see the flies together. She said the flies even be on top of each other. She said, I couldn't eat, not, not think about it. Who would be looking at a fly? That just show you where she was. That just shows you where the enemy wanted to take her. Her focus was on the fly. So that's why you can't be carnally minded. You got to be spiritually minded. Carnally minded is what? Death. But spiritually minded is life and peace. Who cares what the flies is doing? Matter of fact, the flies come together, get more flies and eat your food. That's why you got to deal with the flies. They nasty. So why did the enemy show her something nasty? Because that's who he is. He's nasty. He's filthy. He wants you to see what the world is doing so you can do what the world is doing. Why do you think y'all television show you all of this glamour? 
When you watch LMN, you don't see people living in little houses. You see them in them big houses. They ain't theirs. They're actors. They let them use that big house just for that scene. And then in your mind, you're thinking, that show is a nice house. I wish I could live in a house like that. You have a mansion that's full of everything that you need. You have a father who has given you all of his wealth all of his riches, all of his glory. Do y'all know about the glory of God? God's glory was so strong that the people did not even want to go before God because they knew that they were doing stuff they shouldn't have been doing. Moses, you go before it. We can't even stand before this God. Don't you know when you allow God's word to get in you and when that word come out of you, people can't be around you. They're fidgety because they done done something. They can't even sit still. How do I know? My grandfather, y'all, I tell you, he was an honorable man before God. And when I would sit in the room with him, I'd be shaking. I'd be like, his eyes be closed, and I'd be like, what are you thinking? Do you know what I did last night? Oh, Lord, I'm going to see how I can get out of this room. Y'all, have you ever had that feeling? And then when he was, had his eyes closed and I got ready to go, he said, I ain't sleep. I said, oh, Lord, what he got to tell me? I didn't want to hear nothing he had to say because I respected him. Why did I respect him? Not only that he was my grandfather because of the spirit of the living God that was living in him, that was working through him. And I saw God mighty acts and everything that he said never fell to the ground. So I knew if he said something to me, he knew already. So you had honor for him. Why? Because he had respect for the father. And everywhere he went, he was highly recognized, not because of who he was, but who God was in him. People had so much respect for that man. Look at your neighbor and say, anybody respect you? For who you are in him? See, y'all, we don't want to lose what we have through doing what the world does. And what I mean by losing it is, y'all, the fire goes out. We start being a part of what the world is doing. But Paul began to pray this for the Ephesians. He wanted them to know the power of God need to work through you. It's not you that's going to do it. It is him. That's what he told Zerubbabel when he was um, building that temple. He was letting him know it's not by might nor by power, but it's going to be by my spirit. He said, I'm just using you. I need your hands. He said, but I'm going to work with your hands. I'm going to work with your feet. My power is going to flow through you. So until we let the power of God flow through us, y'all, we're not going to get anything done. Quit trying to work up an anointing. Quit trying to act like you, you the healer. You ain't no healer. It's the power of God coming through you to heal somebody. This is what you got to recognize that if you're not in the word of God to know about his healing, to know about his prosperity, to know about his peace, his love, his joy, and all of these things, who are you to tell somebody God is a healer and you ain't even experienced him as being one? Let me rephrase that. People say God is a healer and this is what they say. Well, God worked through the doctor. God don't need no help. If God is a healer, that means he healed you by himself. That means he didn't need no doctor's help to heal you. If God is your attorney, he didn't need the attorney. He's your attorney. So see, when you're saying these things, recognize what you're saying. It's just an excuse. Well, God had to use the doctor to tell the doctor what to do. Yeah, he used the doctor to tell the doctor what to do because he knew you was trusting in the doctor. So he went on and told the doctor what you needed. So take it. 
My Bible tells me that the word became flesh. Y'all got to get this. And dwelt among us. Guess what? Now that we're in him, we should be dwelling amongst the sinners. And they should be held the glory of God. They should be held what? His truth. They should withheld his grace. How are they going to do it? Except through you. So when Jesus walked this earth, guess why he walked the earth? To bring the kingdom. He was bringing the kingdom to the world. To let them know, repent, for the kingdom of God is what? Now at hand. So as Jesus walked, guess what he did? Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. So how could Jesus see what he saw his father doing? He had to be in the spirit. And the only way that um, Jesus could see it, because he was the word, come on, the word became flesh, he's the word, the word is dwelling amongst us, so the word knew what his father was going to do because he is the word, y'all get it, he is the word. So what Jesus did when he walked, when he seen somebody that was sick, Jesus didn't say, Brother Greg, now I'm going to send you to this best physician, and I'm going to believe that the Lord is going to use him to heal you. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus healed. He delivered. He set free. That's what he did. He didn't send nobody off nowhere because he had what they needed. So can I ask y'all a question? Why are we sending people to a place when we're supposed to have everything they need in us? Somebody tell me. Why you? Thank you, Manny. Because you don't believe that the power is in you. The Bible said the same power that raised a dead man is in us. It's resurrected power so that it's alive. See, the words that I speak to you, they're living. They're powerful. They're quick. So God's word is alive. Y'all, it brings life. So what are we doing? We're walking around like dead people. Like we don't have what we need. We're scared to walk up to somebody that's sick and say, be healed. Be made whole in Jesus' name and go on about your business. See, Jesus said, I'm only walking the earth to do what I see my father do. I ain't going outside of my father. Read about Jesus. There were healings. There was deliverance. There was no skit souls around him. There was no bipolar people around him. There was the word. He was the word. He bought the word. He bought life. So the only way you can bring life is through the word. And the word is in you. But you got to connect with the word by going into your Bible, renewing your mind, doing what the word tells you to do. But you got to believe it. So it becomes natural. So everybody you see that has a problem, Brother Terry, you're going to go to those people. And you're going to tell those people, this is what God say about the situation. And you're going to stand on what God is saying. And you're going to have such an surety with what God is saying that you ain't worrying about what other people think. So this is what Paul was saying. You got to allow God to work through you. You got to allow everything that he has. This is what you depend on, not yourself. Y'all, our body is the temple where the spirit of God lives. So that means if my body is the temple, Terry, that means I'm giving God permission to work through me, meaning that my life is no more my own. Do y'all recognize that? You don't belong to nobody but God. God is your owner. 
He is your master. This is what we got to recognize. This is why that next verse, and I'm going to um, still speak to those that want to hear this. Some people keep going to sleep for some reason. Anyway, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith and that you be rooted and grounded in love. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Dwell means to govern. That means to rule. That means that you allowing him to have rule over you. That means he has ownership over you. And that means that you ain't going on a feeling that when something happened in your life, just because you don't feel like you need to feel, no, you're going on faith. You know that, that he's in you. And being that he's in you, he's going to work through you. You're not waiting on no sign. You know what you already have on the inside of you, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. He's going to govern your life. You giving him permission to take over, to take charge. I know I can't do it. So God, I give you permission with what's going on in my life. And guess how you do it? Through speaking the word because you believe that the word works. Ask your neighbors, is this happening in your life? Are you seeing the manifestation of God the way you need to see it? See, we so quick to move. Because we got a feeling. I feel like this is okay. But you got to know that it's okay. You got to know that it's God working through you. God said, I want to work so much through my people that everywhere they go, they know I've been there. People know that I have been there, y'all. Y'all, it is some hurting people out here. It is some people that look normal, but they ain't normal. It's some people that's ready to commit suicide that just sat beside you. But we're so caught up in what we need, which we already got, that we're not in the spirit to know that this person right here is ready to end their lives. But when we allow the spirit to work through us, God began to speak to that person and say, you shall live and not die. And declare the works of the Lord because he have a plan and he have a purpose for your life. So God said, allow me to work in you. And through you, allow me to do this work. Y'all, everybody in the word of God had to allow him to do it. They didn't do it on their own. This is why Paul prayed this prayer. Because Paul said, it's not me that's doing this. It's the spirit of the Lord that's living in me. That's I'm allowing to do this work in me and through me. So whatever you do, you got to allow the spirit to do it through you. Everything that you go through, you going through because it's making you stronger. In him and the power of your might. Yeah. Kenneth Hagin, I know y'all all know Kenneth Hagin. He had a heart condition and he was um, focused more on God than he was his heart condition. And he had to work and he was very frail. But he had gotten him a job and he went on the job. It was this big man and they would pick at him and say, you're not even going to last a day. But he had a word in his heart. And the word that he had was, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. So every day, that was his focus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. When he felt like he was getting weak, he said, Lord, in my weakness, you make me strong. So each time that weakness would come, he would quote that verse. And he said, God, you the one that gives me the strength for this. My strength come from you and not from me. He outlasted the biggest man that was on the crew. That man fell out and he was still working. Why? Because he trusted God. See, when we trust God, even in our weakness, y'all, he will make us strong. So wherever you are in your life, 
You need to learn to wait on the Lord and you need to get rid of everything else that you have put first and foremost in your life. All of us in this room have put a person, have put a thing, have put something before God, even your jobs, even your jobs. We put that before God because we look to those jobs because of money. If we lose our job, we act like we lost our life. Don't you know if you lose a job, God is going to close one door, but he open another? Because God is not going to let his people have nothing. Because he's your supplier. He's your shepherd. He gives you everything that you need. That's why David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Don't you know that there was times that David was in trouble and he had to say, the Lord is my rock. He is my fortress. The Lord is my strong tower. Everything he said was dependent upon God. It was not dependent upon David. He never said David until Bathsheba. But once he messed up with Bathsheba, he began to say, I have not sinned against man. I have sinned against God. He still recognized God. And that's what we have to do. And everything that we do, we have to ask ourselves, is my father pleased with this? Is this God's way of doing things? How would you know? Through the word of God. This is why Paul said, be not conformed, y'all, to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to prove to know what the good and acceptable will of God is for your life. God want to do a work in us and through us so people will know whom we belong to. And God is saying again today, what are you willing to let go of? Because even since last Sunday, you know, some of us said, we're going to let go. We're going to let God and we go back into that same pattern. You know why? Because we ain't been in the word long enough. If you don't get into this word and allow this word to get into you, I don't care how long you've been saved. Things in your life will not change. Because God brings change through his word. This word is quick. It will quicken you. It will bring life. The flesh profit nothing. But this word will give you life, y'all. And it will give you the life that you need. So let's cut out all of this other stuff we're putting before the word. Your money will leave you. Friends will leave you. Even husbands and wives will leave you if, if they're not where they need to be in the Lord. They will kick you to the side because they don't like what you're doing or how you're doing it. But when you have an anchor in this word and you have a surety of who you are in God, no matter what comes, you're going to be able to stand. Doing all, you're going to stand because you're not basing your life on you. You're basing your life on God. He is the creator. He has everything that you, he owns everything. Y'all, he just allowed us to be stewards over what he owned. Isn't that awesome? So anytime you're in trouble, the Bible says he is your present help, Tyson. Even in the midst of your trouble. Even when people put you down, God will lift you back up. Even in the midst of your enemies. He will have you loving them. And then when you begin to love them, they become your best friend because they knew what they'd done to you. So God said, can I work in you and through you? And I'm going to leave this with you. God is saying again today, I'm the vine. You're the branch. Let me say it again. I'm the vine. You're the branch. Let's don't cross it up. You're not the vine. I'm the vine. I'm the one that give you the nourishment. 
And if you abide in me, that means you got to remain in him. You can't be wish-washy. You can't be double-minded. You got to be secure in who you are in him. And if you're secure in who you are in him and his word is abiding in you, remaining in you, not in and out, but has taken root in you, guess what would happen, y'all? You can ask him. Now you're ready to ask. Let's stop right there. If you ain't remaining in him, yes, you're saved and the spirit is in you and that's the real you. But to remain in him is to totally lean and depend and trust in him and not letting go of that vine. And to um, abide in his word mean that you're going to continue in his word. You're not in and out of his word. If you haven't got them to, why are you asking? Because God is only releasing to those that trust him. Do you think that God is going to, he already prepared it for you, but do you think God's going to give you a million dollars and you ain't doing what his word tells you to do? Somebody help me with that one. Do anybody think God is going to give you money and you have money, but you're not obeying what God is telling you to do with what he gave you? That means that you're not abiding. You're not remaining in him because in order to abide in him, you got to remain in his word. That's the only way you can do it. We're asking for things out of the will of God. God is not going to go outside of his will. He's not going to go outside of his word. So we need to quit asking God for things that's outside of his will and his word. Well, God, if you give me this money, God, I'll do this. Yeah, God sometime will hand you something just to prove to you your heart ain't right. Because that's what happened to the people in the wilderness. They were bargaining with God. They got the water. They were satisfied for a while. Now they wanted something else. But he's the same God. We have to trust him with what we have until God is ready to give us more because he know what we can be trusted with. If you can't be faithful over little, why are you asking God for much, people? You're wasting breath. Just take the little and say, God, I thank you for the little. When you become content with the little and you, you're happy with that and you're not fussing, you're not complaining, you're giving God glory, God is ready to move forward. How do I know? Because, y'all, every step of my life and my husband's life has been taking little and saying, God, what do you want me to do with the little? And as we took the little and as we waited on the Lord, as we heard the Lord, guess what? God said, now you're ready for much. How do I know? Give you an example. Look at your neighbor. Say, wake up. God is talking to somebody in this room. Everybody trying to do like this now. (laughs) Trying to be real. God, go on to sleep if you want to go to sleep, but you're going to need this one day. Go ahead to sleep. So getting back to God will give you much if you faithful over little. All our lives, y'all. We have taken little and said, God, what you want to do with it? When we was in our home that God has given us, y'all, I took every corner I could find to put stuff in. And I ran out of space, but I was still happy. Lord, I thank you for my home. Lord, I thank you that we have more than enough to do what you want us to do with. I was giving God glory for what we had. We were content. When you become content with what you have, God said, now you're ready to move forward. Because you content, you ain't grumbling, you ain't complaining about how small this is and how small that is. You ain't fussing at your husband and tell him to add on this or do that or the other. You just so content, you so satisfied, so now I'm ready to supply. 
So when we got content, y'all, that's when God said, go out looking for another home. Now, this is the thing. He told us to go when there was no money in the bank, no money nowhere. He said, can you trust me? So we went and looked, y'all, for two years. Two years we had a promise from the Lord. I was knocking on people's doors and saying, can I? Can I look in your house? You know, we're getting ready to buy a house. Getting ready to buy a house. I had the audacity, y'all, to knock on this woman's door. And this woman come to the door with a sore throat, could barely talk. And she said, hey, how are you? I said, I'm doing fine. I said, this is my house. She said, I guess she said, I need to call the cops. I was decreeing and declaring that thing. She had a for sale sign. I said, this is my house. But guess what God was showing me? Sometimes we can be in the wrong neighborhood or the wrong side of town. But I knew you, 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 you get that like a magnet. You know it's somewhere in the vicinity, but you ain't quite put your hands on it, but you're still decreeing and declaring. So we left that house, and God told me. He said, I'm going to take you from the back and move you to the front. He said, so people can see my glory. I'm going to put you amongst the distinguished. So that's why I was in that neighborhood, because right around in the back of the neighborhood, you had doctors, you had lawyers, you had all the distinguished people. So I'm like, well, we're going to be right here amongst the distinguished. But God said, no, I'm putting you on the front line. Okay, God. So we still waiting, waiting on the Lord. Then when we saw the house, y'all, God let us know, this is what I want you to offer for a house. How can you offer money from a house when there ain't no money in the bank? How can you offer something for a house when you ain't checked your credit in years and don't know your credit score? How? I had a word from the Lord. So what God was doing, he said, now I'm giving you my word. You've been standing on my word. Now I'm ready to flow through you from the word you've been standing on. So the only thing I need for you to speak what I'm, I'm telling you to speak. So as we begin to speak it, I told my husband to tell the man, well, this is what we're going to offer you for the house. He said, okay. I'm like, okay, we're getting somewhere. So as I offered, we offered that for the house. The next thing was the down payment, y'all. We needed a fat down payment. No money in the bank. But this is what I heard us. um, I said, go tell the man um, he'd give us that down payment. Y'all, that's just how crazy I was. You know what he told us? He was going to work it out where he upped the house or do something and we'll have our down payment. He said, okay. So next thing was, God told me, uh-uh, that ain't the way I want to go. See, I was still depending on who? Man, God let me know. There's a way that seems right unto a man. This is the next scripture he gave me. He said, but it leads to death. So I told my husband, they ain't going to work. But anyway, my husband went with the man to the attorney. And the attorney looked at my husband and he called him James. James, if y'all do that, both of you going to jail. (laughs) There's a way that seems right unto a man, (laughs) but it leads to what? That's right. It leads to death. So God was letting me know, "Uh uh-uh, this is going to be my way. Ain't going to be your way. Ain't going to be their way. It's going to be my way. So I want you to follow what I'm telling you. So I had to go back in prayer and say, wait a minute, God. Okay, this is what you're telling me. That ain't working. You know, we still don't have the money. But God, this is what you said. See, you have to put God in remembrance, y'all, of what he said. You have to walk the walk and, you know, talk the talk and walk the walk. So me and my husband all the time was decreeing and declaring. When it didn't look like it was going to work, we say, God, you said this. So the next thing was, y'all, we hadn't checked our credit in years. This is no lie. 
went to go check the credit to put in for what the man told us that we need. And this man told us, let me tell you how good God is now. He said, y'all ready for this? Drum roll, please. I'm going to show you how good God is. The man said, we having plans of selling the other house. Okay. The loan officer looked at us and said, you don't have to sell that house. You can get two. Let me say it again. Is that true? Y'all ain't following me. You woke now, ain't you? See, this is how you let God flow in you and through you. See, and by the way, nothing at this church have changed with money. We were going through where somebody was telling people not to pay nothing. Is that true? Right? Won't God send you out there in a time where it looked like it's nothing? So we had to trust God. So he said, no, you don't, you don't have to do that. Well, we're renting out. You don't even have to do that. You're in a place, you can have both of them. Double. So me and my, I'm like, okay, God, he, he know what he's talking about. I hope he got that paperwork right, you know. So we, we moving on, moving on, giving God glory for it. Next thing was, he said, but this is how much you need to get in this house. Me and my husband again. Last time we checked that bank, Lord, you ain't rained down nothing from heaven. It's nothing in this bank, but we're going to trust you because you brought us this far. See, step by step, right? Step by step, listening to God. I don't think nobody in this church during that time heard us say, it's a need in this house. We need this amount of money. The amount of money that we needed in one month, was it 12000 $12,000 in one month to get in this house. I'm sharing this because there's a reason. I said, okay, God, ain't nothing too hard for you. I know it ain't in the bank, but ain't nothing too hard for you. So evidently we got something we don't know about. So we still going to wait on you. In that waiting, I'm here to tell y'all, the day we went to the signing, every bit of that money was on that table because God showed us where money was that we never thought about. Every bit of it. Signed off. And that ain't the, that, that ain't the whole thing because when we walked through the house, this man had all this stuff he left in the house. I said, I want that right there. I want that right there. Gave us Christmas, big Christmas tree, all the decorations for the front of the house, exercise thing, elliptical, everything I asked for. He said, yeah, you can have it. And then the glitch was it was a room that needed to be painted. He went in there and painted it. Ain't that a dance? Why, why am I telling y'all all this? Y'all see the glory. But you don't know our story. My daddy's sitting there. I ain't asked daddy for nothing. Why? Because my father in heaven. Why would I go to him if my father told me what I needed to do? What am I telling you? Some of us is not letting God flow through us the way we need to. And the reason why is because your mind is tore up. Your heart is corrupted. 
You have planted seeds of discord, of hate, of jealousy, of envy, of strife, and God don't flow through that. God said, you got to get rid of the blockers. That's why he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you, wasn't it about you? It's you abiding now. He done got everything worked out. But you got to abide in him and the word got to abide in you. Then you can ask. This was the process me and my husband took to get where we are. But it took time. So just because you're hearing my testimony, then don't go out and try to do like I did because I'm telling you, I had to plant some seeds over the years and those seeds had to come up in me. They had to take root. Just because I had the word saying, my God shall supply all of my needs, I had to stand on that word. I had to water that word. I had to take weeds of doubt and fear out from that word because it was trying to grow in there. I had to say, no, 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 no. This is what you said. I had to meditate on what God was saying and then when something would come in and try to take it, I would say, uh-uh, that ain't what God said. I would pull up the weed. Weeds will grow, but it's your job to pull them up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Why do I expect you to pull weeds out when you won't even pull grass out your flowers and won't even do stuff like that in the natural? Only thing you got to do is say, oh, that's, that don't go in my garden. You coming out of there. Everything that God make is good. How did you get in there? Uh-uh, I got to pluck you out of there. Y'all, it takes time. So the more time you get into the word and the word get in you, manifestation will take place before your eyes and other people's eyes. So don't give up hope. Don't lose hope. Let go of who and what you're holding on to, what you're putting before God. And I guarantee you, when you let go of those things and you start applying this word to your life, you will see manifestation. Some of you have been waiting too long. It's because you have been saying it, but you ain't been believing it. So once you hear it, that's when faith comes. But you got to meditate on it to believe it. And when you really believe it and you have received it, you're going to speak it out of your mouth. And you're going to see it just like you have it right here and right now. If you ain't seeing what you're speaking, you ain't believing it. You got to see it, y'all. So God is saying... Let me work in you and through you. Let me do the work. So today, we're going to let God do the work in this house. If there's anyone that's going through in your body, understand this. It's not you that's going to heal yourself. It is the spirit of the living God that's in you that want to flow through you for his healing to take place. What is your job? It's to say, body, be healed. Listen what I say, y'all. You got to believe it. You got to speak to your body. You got to say, body, God didn't create you this way. This is not the way that God created you to be. Now, I command you. God gave you the authority. He gave you the right. I command you to be healed right now, not tomorrow, but be healed now in the name of Jesus. And you see yourself the healed of the Lord. That's how it works. And if your bank account is low, then you have the right to speak to your bank and say, money cometh to my bank. In Jesus' name. Why do I have that right? Because I give. See, there's a lot. See, some of y'all are speaking something and you ain't doing what the word tells you to do. 
Everything the word tells you to do, that's what you do. Some people say, well, I don't have to pay tithes. But the Bible tells you to give. Does it not? It tells you to give and you it shall be what? Given. So if you ain't giving nothing, how do you think you're getting some? You have to give to get. Is that not right? That's what you got to do. When you go to McDonald's, if you're going to say, give me a tea and not give them no money. You already got your money out before you got your order, don't you, darling? You ain't going to stand before McDonald's and sit up there and say, give me that tea. Well, that tea is going to be, how much is them big teas? Dollar seven, right? So you done got so used to drinking McDonald's tea, you got your dollar seven out. I get that half a gallon, I know it's two forty-four. So when I go to that drive-thru, I done dig in my pocketbook, Jennifer, got me 244 out before they can say 244 in that right area. We up to that window. Give me that 244. Say, yeah. Have the right amount of change. Because I know they ain't going to give it to me, not unless I give them some money. So who do y'all think y'all is? Coming in here feeding on this good word and then leaving out of here and don't want to give God nothing. Y'all, something wrong with y'all? Sitting up here eating from this table. Get some good food and then leave out of here and act like the lights ain't got to be on. There ain't got to be on. All this stuff ain't got to be on. And go on about your business and say, apostle walk by faith and not by sight. But it take money to walk by faith and not by sight too. So you got to follow the principles. You got to follow the laws of God in order for God to manifest himself because he ain't going outside of his word. See, that's why I know some people ain't in the word of God. Because when you're in the word, nobody don't have to tell you what to do. It becomes automatic. You do it and you don't hurt yourself doing it, right? You don't hurt yourself doing it. So the ones in this room today that are in the need of healing, can you just stand where you are? No matter what it is, if you're in the need of healing, just stand where you are. Now, you understood the message if you stayed awoke. <laughs> what the word said. Right? So, you're saved, you're born again. Even if you're not saved or born again, God is a healer. So, I'm going to speak this word and guess what? I already feel it before I'm speaking it. Because the spirit is already stirring. Be healed. Be made whole. In Jesus' name, every tissue, every organ, every cell, every vital sign, every muscle, every tendon, every bone, every joint, every marrow in your body is now the healed of the Lord. Everything in your body functions the way God has created it to function. There are no malfunctions in your body. Every sickness and every disease bow down now in the name of Jesus. Receive it. That's all you got to do. God has spoken. Only thing you got to do is receive it. Only thing you got to do is thank him for it. And guess what? Go on about your business because guess what? You trust God more than you trust yourself. God will not lie. He's faithful over his word. Amen. Those in the room that's in the need, in the need, 
of money, of finances, stand. Now, remember this. Now, we know everybody got a need for something, right? <laughs> the whole church just don't want to stand, just stand. Everybody got a need of something. You've been expecting God to do something, right? Remember that verse that it says, my God, who God is he? My 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 now, the Bible says, my God shall supply. Now, Let's connect it. Say, my God shall supply. My God shall supply. Shall supply. Shall supply. Have already supplied. Oh. 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 My needs. My needs. according to me who y'all ain't that a burden lifted who thank you because I ain't got it it ain't according to me Mika it's according to him oh and guess what Manny did the word say that he owns a what a cattle and what I know my daddy got it so he told me he was gonna supply it so I want to ask y'all a question so why are we worried if he got it, why are we worried? Why are we fretting? Why are we anxious when we have a father who can, who already done supplied through his son, Jesus Christ? So it means it's already done because God loved me so much. And y'all, the rest of those verses said, you know how we stay full of God? Through knowing his love. When you know his love, he will flow through you freely. Because God is love. Everything about him is love. And guess what? His love is an everlasting love. Mean no end. No matter what you do, he's going to love you. He's already supplied for you. So quit begging God and say it's already mine. God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you already done it. So I'm not going to fret myself over it. I'm just going to keep it moving. And God, when it is time for that to be paid, I know it's already paid. It's not according to you. 
It's according to him. So let's quit trying to figure it out and know that God has already worked it out. Y'all, why is it always a money thing? Why is it always a money thing? Because we need money to get by, right? Don't you know God is, have a, a big supply? But he can use somebody else to take care of whatever you need. Amen. So I give God glory. Mm, he's done supplied it, y'all. It's already done. So we come to the part of the service where we get to act upon what God has already done. Ain't that something? We do our part. What is our part? And it shall be unto who? Us. Amen. So at this time, we're going to have the deacons to get ready for our giving. But do we have any visitors that would like to stand at this moment? Hallelujah. Okay, we have any announcements? We want to get our announcements out. <laughs> 